Welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Guybe. The great Matt Guybe with you once again on a sunny, warm July day. And I wanted to come to you today and just share a, a word of exhortation and encouragement for you. I want to encourage you today. This is what this podcast will be about today is encouragement. And I want to read from Ephesians 3 verses 13 to the end of the chapter, about 21. And in this chapter, we see a prayer that Paul was praying for the Ephesus church that I think is very applicable to what we're going through today with what we're seeing with COVID-19, with the spiraling economy that keeps going down because of COVID-19 and the never-ending, it seems like never-ending riots, protests that we're seeing. But God would offer us a word of hope, I believe, in this prayer that Paul prayed. And there's about six points here that I want you to really grab a hold of and apply to your life. You can do that today, and they will give you great hope. You know, if you look at the news, as one old preacher said, of course, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God, but faith goeth away by hearing and hearing the word of men. We're hearing too many negative words today, and I want to give you some words of encouragement, some words you can wrap your heart around and have hope for a better tomorrow at whatever you're going through. So I'm going to read verses 13 to 21 to the end of the chapter, and then I'm going to go in and break down this prayer for you and give you some specific things. Wherefore, verse 13, chapter 3, Ephesians 3, 13, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge." that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. Amen. I want to title this today, Paul's Prayer to obliterate oppression. Paul's prayer to obliterate oppression. And I believe the Ephesus church at this time was under a trial of its own, like we are in this world today. And the trial was that he was in prison and they were discouraged. They were about to lose hope because he was in prison and they were down and out about that. They were depressed about that. That was oppressing them. But he gives them this prayer as encouragement. And he says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations, because they are your glory. Verse 13. And we know from Scripture, we could just touch on it. I think you all are aware of it. From Scripture, we can see that trials actually strengthen us and build our faith. 
Let's read a couple. In James, I'll just paraphrase for you. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, it talks about considering with all joy when you encounter various different trials and tribulations because the testing of your faith produces endurance or stamina or persistence. Let endurance or stamina, persistence, have its perfect work, so you will be lacking in nothing. And if you lack wisdom, in the next verse it says, ask of God. Consider it all joy. In other words, one commentator said you should welcome trials or the things we're going through, and this could apply to our lives today with what is on the horizon with COVID-19 and everything, the riots and the economy. We should welcome those trials as if we were welcoming into our home a long-lost relative that we had not seen in a long time because they're going to strengthen us. They're going to impart something to us that will um, just increase our strength, our stamina, will give us encouragement, will give us hope in this time. And you know, when we look at this verse, there's so many things here, but there's six main things that I see that Paul prayed that I want to break down for you in, in these portions of Scripture here from 13 through 21. He prayed that don't get all depressed that I'm in prison because it's for your glory. God's going to build some hope and stamina and strengthen you. Let's look at the word. I always have it above my desk. I think it's a great word to keep in mind. We're going to talk about be strengthened. This is a prayer of building stamina or strength in our faith, this six-point prayer, six things that I see in it. And the first prayer that we all may know of is in chapter 1, verses 17 through 20, where he prays for them to have wisdom and revelation. That may be my favorite portion of Scripture in the New Testament. So then this is a different prayer. They have the wisdom and revelation, but now they need the stamina and strength to apply the wisdom and revelation that he has given them. And sometimes when everything's coming against you, like we're seeing today, it's not easy to do, is it? So persistence. I always have this word above my desk for a lot of years because it's encouraged me. To be strengthened or to endure, to have stamina, persistence also means obstinately refusing to give up or let go. And I'm going to show you why in this prayer, why we should not give up or let go. Another meaning is insistently repetitive, okay? Insistently repetitive. We do something over and over again, like maybe praising God or seeking God, and indefinitely continuous. We keep holding on. We keep declaring by faith the things of God, persistence. So let's begin to break this down further, this verse. So here's the beginning of the prayer. For this cause... I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in earth and on earth derives its name, that grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. So let's look at that. Let's look at that. He's always praying. And we're talking about Luke 18, 1 to 6. You could look that up later. There's a lady who is always persistent going before a judge because she needed justice. We call that she was being importuned, and she did not give up. And because the judge was tired of hearing her come to his house every night, he brought justice in her case. Also talking about praying like Christ did. In the days of his flesh, Hebrews 5, 7, in the days of his flesh, he offered up 
prayers and supplication with loud crying and tears. It's all right to cry out to God in crying and tears, and we should do that with persistence. Luke 6, 12, this shows a continuous thing that Jesus did. Jesus spent the whole night in prayer, Luke 6, 12, and he did this many times. He was indefinitely continuing that in his three and a half years on earth. We don't lose heart, Paul talked about in verse 13. We don't become, the Greek says, to lose heart or to become weary or spiritless or lose confidence from our trials, okay? We don't become hopeless. So let's go on and begin to break this down. What are the points that he prayed that can give us hope, that can build our strength, can build our stamina, our persistence in God? Let's go to the first point that I have. Ephesians 3.16b, I'll read that again, to be strengthened with his might by his spirit in the inner man. I'll say that again, to be strengthened with his might by his strength in the inner man. So let's look at that, what he's talking about. I put down here, I wrote this note. This is my point. Point number one, be infused with the power of his spirit in your inner man, and that will give you stamina and perseverance. Be infused with the power of his spirit in your inner man to give you stamina or perseverance. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 says, For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 I wrote down, We are made as the body of Christ to drink or to partake of one spirit. See, we're always drinking in the power of his spirit. And this prayer starts with a cry for help, you know, to God. That's what it starts with. Just so simple. Get down on your knees, however you posture yourself in prayer. You could be sitting in your chair, lying on your bed, and cry out for help. And this will ignite the power of his spirit within your inner man. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, it talks about, and you're familiar with this, God gives everlasting power to those that are fainting, to them that have no might. Catch that phrase. They have no might. He increases strength. Now, that in itself is a miracle. They don't have any might, but still, it says he's increasing their strength. 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. You know, your mind can be all over the place, all confused with what's going on, but he's promised you a sound mind, which there's a whole series of studies on that I've done. You can go back further in my podcast on Sophronis Moss. It's the only place in the New Testament for sound mind that's used for sound mind. The only place that word is used, that Greek word. There's about four different root words but the main thing I want to impress upon you today is that gives you the ability to curb your thoughts into the right way of thinking. Not toward all the negativity we see in the culture today, but toward the things of God and toward his word and the powerful, encouraging things he would say to you. So, number one, be infused with the power of his spirit in your inner man and receive his stamina and perseverance. Let's look at number two, which is in verse 17. Point number two of this prayer for stamina, for perseverance to be strengthened. Ephesians 17a, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I point this point down here. 
receive the power to remain, abide, or dwell in Christ. John 15, 4, abide or remain in me and I in you. John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide or remain in my love. John 14, 23, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come into him and make our abode or our dwelling place with him. And then 1 John 2, 24, 27, 28, all it talks about abiding in Christ. Now, 1 John and the Gospel of John were written by John the Beloved in the three epistles that he wrote, the three letters that he wrote in 1 John. He uses that word meno three times, which means to abide, to remain, to make a place of abode or dwelling. And John the Beloved really knew how to abide in Christ. So he wants to give you the power to abide or remain or dwell in Christ. His love will give you that power to remain in him, to abide in him. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. It's not so much the keeping of the commandments. That's important, but it's by abiding in the love that we can keep his commandments. And then it talks about in verse 11 of John 15, that my joy might remain or abide, or dwell, or live inside of you, take up its dwelling place inside of you. Yes, it's possible in this very trying time we're living in to have and receive the power to remain, abide, or dwell in Christ. That's point two. Let's touch on another point. How do we do that? Ephesians 11.6, or here's a sub-point of that. For without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he, that is God is, and he is a rewarder. He's going to reward you like a boss paying you wages because you diligently seek him by faith. You diligently seek to remain in him. He's going to reward you. Diligently means to demand or require or investigate or to beg. Okay, so those are the first two points. Let's go to point number three of this prayer, Ephesians 3, 17b, and that you being rooted and grounded in love. The next point is receive the power of establishment through or by love. Receive the power of establishment through or by love. And this comes in Christ as we pray. Rooted, rizato, means to cause to take root to firmly be established, and it's the picture of a plant or a tree whose roots are going deep into the ground. Colossians 2.7 says much the same, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. That's what he's desiring to do in your life today. And then grounded means to lay a foundation, to make stable, establish. And we're talking here the picture of a building's foundation being built and established so then uh, the rest of the building could be built up and established. He wants to ground you today. He wants you to be rooted today. Receive the power of establishment by love. Matthew 7, 24 to 25 is a parable you can read, and you know it well, about the man. Contrast, the man who built his house upon the rock, and it endured the storm, or those that built their house on the sand. And what happened? It washed away. Today, we have the opportunity to be rooted and established by love, by the love of God, if we just humble ourselves and pray for that. That's what it says here, Ephesians 3.17b, receive the power of establishment. So I'm asking you, are you getting your foundation rooted and established, 
or will it be blown away as you look too much on what's going on in our society? The earth and all the heavens are established, it talks about, Proverbs 3.19. So that's the third point. Let's go on to the next point, Ephesians 3.18. Ephesians 3.18, that you may be able to comprehend or realize or be aware of with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. I wrote down here for the next point, receive the power to connect with and influence the kingdom of God, that is his people. Receive the power to connect with and influence the kingdom of God, that is his people. How do we do that? By being aware, by connecting, by realizing with who? Not by our own selves, but with all the saints. We all need each other. We've talked about, I've talked about in other Bible studies because I'm doing a study on Ephesians 2, and I might have brought it up in the podcast that Ephesians 2, I believe it's about 18 through 20, 21, he talks about the building of the living temple of God, the living and breathing temple of God. And how is that built? Block by block with each saint individually being built together into a living, breathing temple for God. You can't do it on your own. There are no spiritual lone rangers. In what we're going through today, we need each other. You cannot stand alone. Let's look at some of these words. I want to look at some of these words for um, comprehending, I believe it is. To comprehend is to realize. May be able to comprehend or lay hold of is another word. Lay hold of, possesses one's own, to apprehend, to seize upon, to take possession of. That's what this word comprehend here that I have that I mentioned is the connotation in Greek. Lay hold of, possesses one's own, to apprehend, to seize upon, take possession of, perceive, realize, attain, find, to overtake, to catch. These are all words that he wants us to be able to catch, to be able to obtain, to overtake with all the saints, to seize upon with all the saints. Let's look at some cross-references. Philippians 3.12, Paul said, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may, here's that word, apprehend that for which I'm apprehended for. Are you following after? Are you allowing God to build that in your life, to comprehend with the saints, to apprehend with the saints? Paul was doing that. Matthew eleven twelve. For the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence or strong force, and the forceful or the violent take it by force. Sometimes we just have to lay hold of it, grasp it. And the only way you do that is together with the saints. And I'm thinking of pictures because I study a lot of history of how the Spartan army in ancient times, and I think the Roman army adapted it, where they would have what was called a flannix, and they would interlock their shields together. So the right man and the left man were protecting each other, and they would move forward in battle. And, and from behind these shields, they could wield their weapons, and it was a, like a large killing machine. It wasn't each man fighting on his own, but they were a flannix. They were interlocked together. And the guy on the left depended on the guy on the right. The guy on the right depended on the guy on the left. So on down that whole line of soldiers. 
you know? And that's what I see how we take the kingdom. We take these kingdom principles to comprehend with all the saints the height, the breadth, and the depth, and the length. And we connect and influence the kingdom of God this way. That is what we're doing by being this army. And we're not on our own. Another scripture, Amos 9.13, because we talked about overtaking, is a connotation or a meaning for this word comprehend. The days will come, Amos 9.13, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and when those that are crushing the grapes will be overtaken by those that are planting the grape seeds. In other words, there will be no break in how the kingdom is abundantly producing. There'll be no break. We're going to be overtaken in such abundance. And that's what we're talking about. How we may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. So we receive the power to connect and influence the kingdom or the people of God. Okay? That's what the purpose of this prayer. We want to move into being able to do that. And we can't do that if we're looking at a the world situation and allowing that to make us hopeless and in despair. So let's see. I think for today, we'll just wrap up these points and we're going to come back to point four next time, simply because there's another part of it. There's 4B or 4A as it were. We're going to talk next time we start. We've got to go through half of point four and then point five and point six of this prayer. And we're going to talk about next week as we start this other part of comprehending with all the saints or receiving the power to connect and influence the kingdom of God or his people. How do we do that? And are able to see and, and build this living temple. We're going to talk about the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, which I'll give you a kind of a preview is really talking about the living, breathing temple of God. The height, the depth, the length, and the breadth sounds like a building, right? And, and it's never-ending. And we're going to look at those words. There's some real beauty in those words. And we're building the living temple together with the saints, like I talked about, Ephesians 2, 18 through 21. So we're going to get together and talk about that next week. But I will go back, and I want to just recap for you what we have talked about today. This is a prayer to obliterate oppression. Six steps, and we're through three and a half of them, I would say. Three and one half, because we're stopping at 4A. Started with a cry for help. All it takes today is to get down on your knees or posture yourself however you pray. You can be in your car. You can be at your desk like I am. And God will begin to ignite this prayer and the faith that it builds inside of you. Ephesians 3, 16b is the first point. Be infused with the power of His Spirit in your inner man, and receive his stamina and perseverance. Point number two, Ephesians 3.17a, receive the power to remain, abide, or dwell in Christ, no matter how bad the storm gets. And we do that through faith and through receiving his love. Point number three, receive the power of establishment by love. And we talked about being rooted and grounded like a plant, being planted with deep roots or a building, having a solid foundation being built. And point number four, we're in the middle of it, Ephesians 3.18, that you might be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth. That is, receive the power to connect and influence the kingdom of God or his people. 
have that power, receive that power. How? By comprehending, which is, I'm going to read that again. Comprehending means to realize, to lay hold of, to possess as one's own, to apprehend, to seize upon, to take possession of, to perceive or be aware of, to realize, attain, to find, to be overtaken or overtake or be caught or catch. We want to be able to comprehend then the height, the breadth, the depth, and the length. Okay, and we're going to talk about those words next week. A prayer to obliterate oppression. And this has been part number one. I want you all to just be blessed. I want you to read through that. Ephesians chapter 3, 13 through 21. And I want you just to be praying about that as we're going to come back for the next part. Ephesians 3, 13 to 21. You have all the reason for hope, tribulation, If you, what we're going through in society now. We can turn that around and use it to strengthen us, to build our stamina and our perseverance. My friends, I want you to be blessed today for the rest of the week. And I will be bringing you part two of this wonderful word of encouragement. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you for being a part of The Kingdom Corner. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Welcome to the family.